And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is Dr. Peter Hammond. And Peter, it's great to have you back with us today. Thank you very much, Dan. A new year and lots of new challenges. <laughs> I'm on your mailing list, and um, why don't we jump right into it? Uh, you have had a lot of interesting projects that you're supporting as Frontline Fellowship. Would you like to tell us about a few of them? Yes. Uh, well, just this Monday, uh, past we received another container shipment of Bibles and books. We get about anything from 8 to 10 containers a year. And when I say container, we mean like 20-foot container, sometimes a 40-foot container, mm. cram-packed with Bibles and books, Sunday school materials, gospel booklets. And there can be 4,000 boxes on one container to offload. <laughs> we offload by hand. And then we sort through it, categorize it, and people are lining up the very next day coming to our mission, which is something of a quartermaster store for missions in Africa. So we have chaplains from the police, the army, from the prisons coming along, people from hospitals, schools, teachers, Sunday school teachers coming to load up. Sometimes they come on bicycles, sometimes they're coming on motorbikes or with a car, and other times they're coming with a truck, sometimes just a little pickup truck. Sometimes we get an 18-wheeler truck. Um, parked outside the main road and we've got to hire a forklift pre-prepare a whole lot of pallets um, waterproof to go and place on the back of a flatbed truck to go up to Zambia or further afield to, for missions and ministries that are needing Bibles, books and other Bible study resources so that's a great challenge that's a large part of our work we call it Frontline Gym uh, and uh, you can imagine you don't need a gym membership when you've got to move tons of literature. Uh, you get all the exercise we need just doing that. Yeah, and I was thinking about last, that. This last Sunday was my 64th birthday, and uh, we've had a tradition of always doing a mountain climb or hike on my birthday. And uh, normally I climb Table Mountain with my family, but as I've got three little grandsons now too, the youngest is only two and the oldest is eight, so eight, five, and two, I wanted my grandson to be part of this hike too, so I chose a more moderate mountain, Lion's Head. Lion's Head's only um, 1,800 feet above sea level as opposed to Table Mountain, which is 3,000 feet above sea level. So it's a more attainable mountain climb. And all three of my grandsons made it, even the two-year-old. At one point, as the two-year-old was um, being helped um, uh, over a big boulder climbing up, he said with great intensity, no, I want to do it myself. <laughs> and he he actually made his whole way up, uh, all the way to the top, although we had to carry him on the way down. He was on my shoulders and that of his father and my son-in-law sure. on the way down a lot. Um, but um, he climbed up on his own almost entirely, even a two-year-old. And as for my eight-year-old and five-year-old grandsons, they were sprinting ahead so that I had to regularly ask them to wait for me because I had to look after them and protect them, and I can't do that if I'm not with them. And uh, it's wonderful, I uh, praise God, for the health to still be able to climb mountains. There's so many people, even my age, who don't have that ability to do it. No. And, um, I'm, I'm very grateful for good health and strength on a daily basis, which is essential in the literature ministry. I got back injuries carrying vast amounts of mortar bombs and ammunition and water in the army and, and in the infantry. And when I left the infantry, then I got really serious back injuries from literature ministry. <laughs> it was Bibles harder. It was harder than being in the army. Actually, yes, Bibles and books are heavier than mortars and and ammunition. 
And of course, it is ammunition. There's just a different type of war and different types of weapons. I've got some very exciting statistics and information that's come to me from missionary uh, statisticians, missiologists. According to Operation World, the church growth in Africa is the greatest in the world right now. Mm. So at the moment, or should I say in the last 10 years, church growth in America has been about 10%. Church growth in Europe has been about 5%. Church growth in Africa has been 120% in the last 10 years. Oh, my. Now, uh, to give you a bit of a feel for it, back in 1800, long before Robert Moffat came to Africa, there were less than 5 million Christians in all of Africa. Most of those would have been Egypt and Abyssinia, what's now Ethiopia and the Cape of Good Hope, where I live now. By the end of the 19th, 19th century, so in the year 1900, there were 7.5 million Christians in Africa. Now, by 1979, when I was converted, there were 115 million Christians in Africa. The situation now is unbelievable. It's 680 million Christians in Africa today. Oh, that's 680 wonderful. million. This means and that we are told that in the next 25 years, that number is going to double. Mm. Africa has the fastest church growth in the world. Right now, we are looking at in 2050, which isn't that long ahead. In 2050, they anticipate 1.2 billion Christians in Africa. In fact, the way it's going, we know the sense of gravity is moving from the north to the south. Right now, there are not any more Christians in Africa than there are in Europe, but we're going to have in a situation of 2050 probably more Christians in Africa than the rest of the world combined. So Africa is one of the most important mission fields, and I praise God that he's put me here uh, and that we are here at this critical time. We're living in a time of explosive church growth, and that is very impressive and very spectacular. Uh, But um, the sobering point is that most of the pastors in Africa have no Bible college training at all. Mm. And... uh, Most of the church members in Africa don't have a Bible. So according to our best statistics right now, we have 150 million Bibles in Africa today. But there are 680 Christians in Africa. So that means we have at least 500 million churchgoers in Africa who don't have a Bible or even a New Testament. So the need for the literature, such as we get by the containers in which we print and distribute, is more urgent now than ever before. Because the church is growing in Africa, but what kind of church? We want it to be a Bible-based church, That's a Christ-centered right. church. And for that, we need Bibles. I mean, can you imagine having a discipleship walk with the Lord and never having had a Bible of your own? I mean, yeah. can you imagine the restriction? And we can't because we've got access to libraries and we've got access to so many other things. But the average Christian sitting in the Congo or Nigeria does not have a Bible. And that's the big challenge of our mission. Our vision is Africa for Christ. And to get enough Bibles and books to take them is, of course, a tremendous challenge. Now, there's wonderful ministries like World Missionary Press that produce millions of gospel booklets. So in one container, I can get two million gospel booklets from World Missionary Press. And they they ship out containers of it to us, 40-foot containers, all palletized. We've got to hire a forklift to be able to offload those pallets and each uh, each pellet's about a ton of, of gospel booklets. Each box is five kilograms. Each box has got 500 gospel booklets, each 50 pages, all scripture. And that's the basic ammunition for a lot of missions in Africa. In about 100 different languages we're dealing with. And we're the local distributors for World Missionary Press. And people come here uh, in great numbers to uh, load up with ammunition for outreaches and door-to-door evangelism, prison ministry and hospital visitation, all of that. And... Uh, 
it's a wonderful thing that this ministry is dedicated to providing these good books. Then, of course, we need study Bibles. And uh, back in 2005, I went on a mission to Europe and I got to 11 countries uh, and ministered in five weeks in 11 countries in Europe, including Germany, Switzerland, uh, England, Ireland. And afterwards, I came back and launched the Reformation Society, inspired by seeing the work of Calvin in Geneva and of Luther in Wittenberg. And I was uh, and in Zurich, I was at Grossmünster, where Ulrich Zwingli ministered. And I visited R.C. Sproul in um, uh, Orlando at uh, St. Andrews, and I said uh, to Dr. Sproul, we're only 12 years away from the Reformation 500, 2017. And I said, we need a Reformation study Bible. And, you know, R.C. Sproul is such an outstanding man. He produced the Reformation study Bible (laughs) in time, a New King James Version and an ESV Version. And he donated 2,000 copies of this Reformation study Bible to our mission which we were able to distribute widely across Africa. And, of course, the demands and the needs and the interest are so great. So we made it a prize for people um, winning the Bible exam or a prize for people who were the best at Bible drill or people had to come with a whole lot of scripture memorizations that we set for them. And then they'd be awarded with the Reformation Study Bible. And that was gold. I mean, that's one of the most precious things we had to distribute. And... uh, we need more study Bibles, and there's a group in America called Oasis, and they're producing the Africa Study Bible, which is, uh, again, highly prized in Africa. And we praise God for these study Bibles because most pastors in Africa do not have a study Bible, and most don't have training. So the two greatest needs in Africa are Bibles and Bible teaching, mm. which is actually what God has called our mission to do. So we have short-term training programs. We've just run a Biblical Worldview Summit for a week, an intensive time of body, mind, and spirit lectures, teacher training, um, outreaches. And on our first outreach, within the first hour, we led a Dutch man, a man from the Netherlands, from Rotterdam to the Lord on the streets of Cape Town. It just shows what a um, cosmopolitan city we're yeah. in. It's like a little Pentecost. People from all over the world here. We got to <laughs> minister to people from Germany, from from Somalia, from Saudi Arabia. It's just amazing. And you know, Speaking to some of the Muslims, they get so excited and say, you know, uh, this is illegal in my country. And, sure. uh, you know, they're so excited to be able to discuss the gospel. And we found the Muslims from Saudi Arabia more open than the ones from South Africa. Wow. Because in Saudi Arabia, it's forbidden fruit. And they were so excited to, you know, can I have this Bible? And yes, no, that's yours. You can take it. And they were so excited. To, you, know, you know, this is illegal in Saudi Arabia. And thank you so much. And they're so grateful to get a copy of the scriptures in their language. And so we were able to put literature specially designed for Muslims and hands of Muslims and, you know, give literature in French for people from French-speaking Africa. When you look at Africa as a whole, you know we've got 3,000 languages. So that's very daunting. And 780 of those languages still need Bible translations done them. So that, that can seem daunting. But here's the fact. Everyone in Africa speaks several languages. And almost everyone in Africa speaks one of five languages as at least their second language, as a trade language. Arabic, Portuguese, French, and English. You can reach 95% of Africa with English, French, Portuguese, or Arabic. So that simplifies our job a little bit. It's nice to get literature in the local language, and we do do that too. But when it comes to full Bibles, um, you can go a long way with French, Portuguese, Arabic, and English. And then Swahili you can add as well, which is a more African language too, which is also spoken by a lot of people in East Africa. So 
the work is, is on, uh, getting Bibles and Bible teaching in the hands of the people. It's hard to, you don't want to bring the people out of the field for training them. Statistically, most people who come from a rural area who go to an urban area to study stay in the urban area, and therefore they're lost to the rural community that hoped they'd come back as their pastor. And so it's better to take the training to the people than to bring the people to the training. And uh, we've got, for example, people who come from a third world country to a first world country to study, most don't go back. And so, um, again, we've got many, many, many people from Zambia or Nigeria or Sudan who've gone for theological study in Britain, Canada or America, or, um, and they haven't returned. Now, that's, that's a loss. And uh, so we would prefer to take the theological training to the people. So I've helped get a few Bible cultures up and running in Sudan and Zambia, and, um, and then we support a lot of other Bible cultures with textbooks uh, such as the Old Testament Survey and New Testament Survey, where I preached my way through every book in the Bible, summarized every book of the Bible in a chapter, and we've got an audio series in that too. And uh, so these Old Testament surveys we donate to ministers and to uh, Bible college students, and not just putting them in libraries, but often in the hands and donating it to the students themselves. Uh, that's one thing that we can do. Getting study Bibles in the hands is another thing, but running short-term courses, Muslim evangelism, biblical preaching workshops, things like this. We go church history workshops, um, discipleship workshops, and so on, Great Commission seminars and conferences. We run seminars in the ground with the people in order to take Bible training and teaching to people where they are. We set up a whole network called the Africa Christian Network, which has got now 7 million members, and it represents over 7,000 congregations networks in about 140 different groupings as part of our Africa Christian Network. We send them regular teaching uh, by Internet, We uh, and when we can, uh, on the ground, go and deliver Bibles, books, and gospel booklets and materials they need to them. And we in a network where we encourage them and provide some kind of oversight and information that will make them more effective. So we're hoping and praying for a lot more growth in that this year. It's a tremendous excitement to think of how churches are growing in Africa. One of our best friends, the Kwasi Zabantu Mission in KwaZulu-Natal, uh, they regularly gather up to 2,000, 2,500 ministers at a minister's conference at that one venue, one missions conference in uh, KwaZulu-Natal. And I have the privilege of going and ministering to them regularly. So absolutely outstanding. Um, can you um, imagine the impact that can have? They come from 68 different countries. And then, uh, and I was this year putting an, an Old Testament survey book in the hands of these people as a gift. And then at youth conferences sometimes with five, six, seven thousand young people coming uh, to this place mm-hmm. at a uh, time. And this coming year will be the 50th year they've been running youth conferences and they'll have They've been doing them twice a year in July and December. So they are approaching the 100th youth conference. And you imagine the impact this makes of people from rural areas coming in and getting challenged into the deeper walk and a really powerful testimony in a revival center. So uh, those are some of the hopes for the future. Bible colleges like Back to the Bible Mission, based in Pumalanga, where they get students from 20 countries coming into South Africa. It's in a very rural area. So rural, you are woken up in the morning to the monkeys and baboons scampering <laughs> on the roof. You step over the snakes on the way to the classroom. Oh. Um, you can hear the hippos at night and the crocodiles in the river. And, uh, I mean, it's it's a very rural area. And so there's no temptation for the students to stay. Uh, they 
once they get their three years training, they're very happy to get back to the country. So that's probably one of the better ways if you've got to bring people out of their country for training. But when they go into the cities, I'm afraid the cities often um, sideline people. It's like Vanity Fair in, in Pilgrim's Progress. So yes. we prefer the idea of take the training to the people where they are. Yes. Well, today we're talking with Dr. Peter Hammond, and he runs Frontline Fellowship. He's also the founder of it. He directs that. And um, he's telling us about his missionary uh, endeavors over there in South Africa. And it's it's fascinating, Peter you mentioned the tremendous church growth that's taking place in Africa, and um, I, I think our I think the enemies of the gospel uh, find that very upsetting to them. I found it, I find it completely joyful, and uh, you know here in America we're we're being attacked by the pagans, if I can say it that boldly. Um, they don't want anything to do with Christianity. They certainly don't want Christian influenced in government. They want uh, complete paganism. But um, I don't think they realize so much that that change comes from the heart. It comes from within. To them, change is all political. But no, no, that that flows downstream from a holy heart, from a from a heart that's been converted by the gospel of Christ. Um, I, I, I would love to uh, have people be aware of your ministry and perhaps, and definitely, uh, give to your ministry. Is there a particular link that you would like to share? I'm, I'm going to do a cut and paste of your note uh, where it says, for overseas supporters wishing to donate, and I'll, I'll put that in our write-up um, when we post this, but is there any link or anything you would like to share with our listeners? Yes, certainly. Thank you. Um, there, there really are a lot of great projects uh, on the go. We've got books like the Great Commission uh, Handbook that needs to get printed, and it's already it just needs the sponsorship to be able to print it. We've got projects that need to be done. I've got invitations where we lack the funds to buy the air ticket to get there to speak to massive conferences. Had um, 800 um, uh, churches coming together in Uganda that want me to come and do training. Then you know. <laughs> There's so many opportunities, Congo, Burundi, Rwanda, Kenya. We get regular invitations, Zambia, so many places around Africa. The hunger is tremendous. And, you know, having ministered in Europe where um, it's hard to fill a home, let alone a hall. Yes. Um, and in, in Africa, you've got these people just bursting at the seams all over. And it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I was, the largest service I was at so far last year was 12,000 people in a single service. And that was at Quasimanta Mission. I mean, and that's in a hall built for 8,000. So... This is this is symptomatic. In Africa, the gospel is growing. And I praise God in so many ways because the new world order or the new world disorder yes. uh, is going to meet nothing but resistance in Africa. Now, Correct. For example, during the COVID cult vaccination, salvation by vaccination masquerade movement, they failed to get more than 2% of Africa to take the Fauci ouchie or the clot shot. Good, as good. So the resistance is huge here, and the people are not interested in the masquerade madness and so on. And uh, Africa, just you can imagine the LGBTQ um, perversion agenda and the transgender movement gets nowhere in Africa. There's just a firm no. Yeah. And Uganda, Kenya, big blockage. Uh, in 2013, when uh, Barack Hussein Obama went on his presidential tour of Africa, uh, he came with the gospel of LGBTQ. Yep. And he, he found nothing but um, closed um, hearts and minds and folded arms. People here were not impressed. The 
um, bishop in Kenya said, people who have ruined their own country should not presume to come here and lecture us Correct. the way forward. Correct. That's well put. Um, that's well a, put. <laughs> that's a, that is so well put. We've got maybe four minutes left to our time together today. We're talking with Dr. Peter Hammond. Um, Peter, uh, I'll, like I said, I'll put this address information in our write-up, but is there a link where people can go to? Yes. So www.frontlinemissionsa.org. Frontline Mission SA, short for South Africa, frontlinemissionsa.org. Got it. That's our website. And on that, you'll see prayer and praise updates, articles, videos, webs, um, lots of pictures, posters, prayer maps in different parts of the world, and a whole lot of prayer projects. There's a donate button on the top right, which has got gives and go projects we're busy with, like the Livingston Missionary School and the uh, Livingston Farm, the Missionary Apprenticeship Training Program, and other of our issues, especially the our Bible's Indigenous African Languages, Literature of Africa, which is such a key part of meeting this tremendous need in Africa for Bibles. Think 500 million churchgoers in Africa who don't have a Bible or a New Testament. Yes. And, and they want to read. The people in Africa love the Bible, and there's a, a great hunger for Bibles. You should see the excited uh, cheers and, and big smiles from these youngsters when you give them a Bible. And I've heard of the years, this is the greatest gift anyone could ever ask for, the Word of God in my own language. You know, it's... You know, and that you're giving them something that might have cost $2.50 to print in bulk. Yeah. And you're giving them Bible. This is the greatest gift anyone could ever ask for. It's not that expensive, but it makes such a huge impact. And God's Word is not just like a, a bullet. It's more like a guided missile. Yeah. Because God's Word never returns void. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. It is. So if people want to learn more about a mission, frontlinemissionsa.org, we've got videos on the literature of Africa, and you can see the distribution, the fields, and how we offload the container shipments and the Leadership Training Programs, Great Commission Courses, Biblical Worldview Summits. We'd love to hear from people. My personal email is peter at frontline.org.za. P-E-T-R at frontline, F-R-O-N-T-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G dot Z-A. That's beautiful. And, uh, so I'd, I'd love to hear from people and if you look on our website. Uh, we need prayer. We need support. We need volunteers. There's so much that can be done in Africa, and the needs are tremendous. We get more invitations than we have the resources or personnel to respond to. It's exciting because the globalists are going to find nothing but resistance in Africa. The, um, <clears throat> the pastors here are more conservative. Churches here are more Bible-believing. There's no real interest in the transgender and transhumanism movements. Good. And I think just about everything the globalists are trying to push is going to die in Africa because over here the people are just rock-solid on Jesus Christ is my Savior. He is my Lord. Um, the Bible is the Word of God. It's truth. They believe in creation. Life begins at conception. Abortion is murder. Nope, they're not interested in any of these. <laughs> the, the, the woke movement does not get anywhere in Africa. And they can bash their head against a brick wall for all they care, but they're not going to make any headway in Africa. No, the church wonderful. in Africa is on the move, and it's, you know, Jesus Christ is building his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Amen. Our guest today has been Dr. Peter Hammond we got maybe a minute left. I'm excited to hear what the Lord is doing in Africa. And Peter, you've been involved in this work for a very long time. I, I, I believe that the Lord has used your, your former training in the military, and you were in a tough group, I believe, and very tough training to um, kind of harden you for the for the even tougher work of missions and and maybe just take one minute and comment on that and then we'll go. Yes, I had the privilege of being brought up in Rhodesia. We were a country at war. 
Uh, and my father fought all six years in the Second World War in, in North Africa in the Eighth Army. Uh, so I grew up in Rhodesia, surrounded by war and wildlife, and that was wonderful. And when I was converted, um, I got further training with Hospital Christian Fellowship. I, and then I was called up in the South African Army, and I served in the South African Infantry, Sixth South African Infantry Battalion. And uh, I give the story in, from, uh, in Frontline, Behind Enemy Lines for Christ. So this book's available as an e-book mm. and also hardcover. And... Uh, so Frontline Behind Enemy Lines for Christ, it's available from um, Christian Liberty Books, uh, and one can find out from the Frontline Mission SA.org website. So that's some of the story of how God has led us, and I try to speak up for the persecuted church because uh, many people don't know their stories. And so Frontline Behind Enemy Lines for Christ is a testimony of God's grace and mercy in protecting us under fire, behind enemy lines, even in prison, uh, in some of the worst war zones in Africa. And, of course, there's still a lot of persecution church in Africa, especially in North Africa. And we need to continue to help the churches there. We've got a satellite Bible school up in um, North Africa amongst Arabic-speaking people. It's illegal, of course, so I can't even mention the country. Sure. But uh, um, we had six graduates from an Arabic background recently who graduated from the William Carey Bible Institute program. And I was able to do um, by remote um, um, sure. means to, to give um, – uh, graduation message to them and you know what wonderful progress we've got muslims in africa coming to christ and serving him in these very difficult areas so it's an exciting time to be alive and it's a wonderful place to be and i believe that the new world disorder even though they seem to be causing havoc in north america and europe they are suffering irredeemable defeats in africa the church (laughs) in africa is growing it's growing strong and this is the blood of the martyrs and the the hard work done by missionaries over the 19th century in particular, lots of hard work over the centuries, and you can see the fruit now. Uh, all the millions of people coming to Christ today, it's because of the hundreds of martyrs and thousands of Christian witnesses who worked so hard over the centuries. Amen. And we've got the easy job. We just have to get them Bibles and Bible teaching. I mean, what a privilege. It's a beautiful goal, and Peter, we're out of time. I want to thank you for joining us. That web address is Frontline Mission SA. Check it out. Give if possible. This is a very good work, folks. Dr. Peter Hammond, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Dan. God bless you. Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. 